welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and day-to-day insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features creatives sharing what they do and how they got to where they are. This week's guest is art director and graphic designer David McKendrick and was recorded on November 9th in front of a live audience at GF Smith's show space in London. I set up BAM with Lee Belcher, who is the art director at Wallpaper, um, and I was a creative director at Esquire magazine. We had been both in our respective titles for around eight years each, and we had often fantasised. We go cycling together, we, we play football together um, about setting up our business. And I think we we made the leap. After graduating from the Glasgow School of Art in 2000, David began his career at Graphic Thought Facility before going on to work as art director for the bespoke department of Wallpaper Magazine and as a senior designer at North Studio. Throughout that time, he has regularly collaborated with the world's finest photographers, designers and filmmakers, enabling brands to gain recognition for cutting-edge bold design. He tells us about the reality of orchestrating photo shoots as a beginner, thinking on his feet and maintaining confidence in the company of big name artists. I guess I've always been quite organised, I've always been a little bit, I I use the loose term OCD, and I think that really hit home where my careers advisor when I was 15 put me in a work placement in the post office. So I guess it was was a stroke of genius. you know, they suggested I go be in the sorting office and the post office. And I guess that was my first kind of inkling towards design. Um, my dad was also an art teacher. Um, so I guess I had that, that influence on me. I studied visual communication, which covered graphic design, illustration and photography, which looking back on it at the time, I thought that's really odd to put all those three things together because it's three very different bunch of people. but. Looking back on it, I think that's got a huge influence in, in, in where I am now and the people I commission and, and the work I do. I'm going to make myself sound, sound really old here, but we didn't have computers. I think, and, and, and <laughs> no, I don't mean that like, you know, it wasn't the 60s. But I think we had three Macs, those old blue and clear iMacs between 42 of us, I think. And, and I guess we were taught a real old school mythology and, and, and graphic design, you know, we were doing hand rendering, it was very conceptual. We were drawing, we'd, we'd, we'd live drawn classes once a week. We had, you know, photography courses. It was, it was a pretty eclectic stuff. So there was no real focus on graphic design, I don't think, until my final year. And it was a four year course as well. So the first year was almost like, um, it was like a foundation which then led into the next three years of, of developing that. And I really found my home within that. I thought it was quite a nice way of, of education where you get to really experiment with everything in the first year. And then by year four, you've kind of honed in and what you're most comfortable in. I'm not saying I was entirely comfortable in graphic design, which I'm still not, to be honest. But, you know, it was, it was definitely the, the, the best place for me. We had loads of visiting tutors throughout our course at Glasgow. They were really good at getting getting people in and a company called Graphic Thought Facility came very close to when we were finally graduating. I could say it was like, we just got on really well, but we didn't. I really manipulated it because I was a real fan of their work. So I kind of made sure I was there first thing in the morning. I made sure my work looked brilliant. I made sure I chatted to them. I kind of manipulated that situation 
And about three weeks after they left, they, they gave us a call and asked if I could come down and help for a couple of weeks over summer. My role at GTF was emptying the bins. It was going to the post office. It was artwork and books. It was getting the cappuccinos. It was, yeah, it was pretty much, I was, I was a support, but it was a support and it, it, it gave me the chance to make myself indispensable. Um, and I stayed there for four years. I thought I knew quite a lot after four years of art school, but within two weeks at GTF, I realized I knew absolutely fuck all about graphic design. And I kind of see my first four years of my career as a, as a bit like an apprenticeship where I, I learned on the job and I learned. I, I couldn't set a type, I could hardly use a computer. I guess I just worked it out. I really did, stayed late and disguised it. So when they came in the next morning, it was like, oh God, you've done that. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it was dead easy. <laughs> I was very much the junior there. And I think as a mindset for both them and, and me, I think they held me in that position. My wages never went up that much. So an opportunity came to work at a place like North. They were doing slightly slicker work than GTF were doing, more corporate. And when I went to meet them, I just thought, I, I, I'm gonna go and try this. There was a real difference in what they were doing and a real difference in the, in the way that they approached work. And even though they were a similar sized company, I think we, um, the time I left GTF were eight people. When I went to North, it was eight people. But North had an infrastructure of studio managers, strategists, business people who kind of ran the business side of things, as well as people who went to the post office and emptied the bins. So I was relinquished of those duties. Even though it was, um, let me think, 12 years ago, 13 years ago now, we were working initially on the co-op brand identity. I don't know if you've seen that, it launched last year designing credit cards for Arcadia, high street brands, designing Wallace bags. I don't know, there was like, there was a host of stuff, but it was, it was all graphic design. I'm, I'm 40 now, so I kind of grew up in a time where magazines were key to every aspect of culture. I read Max Power, car magazine, embarrassingly. I read The Face, and I played at football with Tony Chambers, who was the art director of GQ at the time and always found his job quite glamorous. So yeah, I'd, I'd always been attracted to magazines and, and Tony Chambers went over to Wallpaper magazine and he asked North or me at North to design some covers for a, for a project. It was coming up for the Design Awards and we did it and I, I really enjoyed the process of it and I really enjoyed the speed and, and I guess I'd use the word ferocity of it. It was really quick and before he knew it, something I designed was on a magazine shelf and it was, it was quite a... It was quite a thrilling project. I started setting up a department in Wallpaper magazine, which essentially was called Wallpaper Bespoke, which was designing everything over and above the magazine. And it was a real, again, a real shock to me when I, when I took that job and tried to do it. I was completely out of my depth. I'd been six years learning how to be a graphic designer and then ended up in an art director role and a, a, a yeah, I shot myself. <laughs> I was at Wallpaper for one year and Jeremy Langmead, the editor at the time, straight away we kind of, we had to off and he's still a huge influence on, in where I am now. But yeah, he got offered the job at Esquire. When he got there, he said, I'm, I'm struggling with the art team there. Would you have a look at some visuals for me? I've got a kind of really clear vision of what I want. Um, I did it on the side rather sneakily. 
and the proposals went down really well. The next thing you know, I was, I was sat in Hearst speaking with the head of HR, negotiating my terms to be art director of Esquire magazine. Um, again, completely out of my depth. Honestly, for the first year, I didn't know what I was doing. I really didn't. I, I went in there, I had a photo director, a, a girl called Henny Manley, who was amazing at what she did. So I relied heavily on her. She'd been doing it for 20 years. She knew exactly what to do. In part, discovering my role, because I also realized that I had to go on the cover shoots and direct them. And I didn't know what that meant or how to do that. So it took me about a year to learn how to do that because I, I just didn't know. Nobody really told me. Um, that you're going to walk into a room with 20 people, a dead famous person, a dead famous photographer, and actually have to tell them what to do. It's really scary. But I, 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 apply, I applied skills that I knew through experience. I got to know how to control those situations. And part of that, a year down the line, I realised that I had to be more firm with people. I had to make sure the stylist was right. I had to make sure the photographer was right. I applied a set of rules that I learned in graphic design where I had to know with typeface, which paper, which whatever. I applied those same methodical patterns to a cover shoot, which actually became quite a fruitful process. Um, and photographers and celebrities, they need direction. Otherwise, they just won't do what they want. And you end up with some really bad covers. But when you meet somebody like Keith Richards and you ask them to do something, when they suddenly go, Okay. From there on in, I realised that, like, right, these guys need, want, take direction. That's 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 their job. That was a real turnaround from going, oh, I'm really shit at my job, to going, actually, I, I know I know what I'm doing, and and through thinking about things and thinking about good ideas, then, and I think that cover won an award, and it was like it, it just solidified that actually I, I could maybe do what I was trying to do. In terms of covers, I think it's not as simple as me going, I wouldn't mind Tom Craig shooting that cover. It's not as simple as that. It's You go through a process with celebrity where you need to suggest photographers and they go, yeah, we'd like to work with him. Quite often they go for, you know, the biggest photographers in the world and working at somewhere like Esquire, they don't have the biggest budgets in the world, so that's just never going to happen. Um, so quite often it's, it's, a, it's, it's a mix, but yeah, I guess it's general taste and also someone who's got the credentials who we can present to um, a famous person and they can go, yeah, I understand what that person's work is and I feel like I can, that, that'll be good for me. Um, I did a shoot in Edinburgh last week for, we would do a magazine for the Times called Lux and it was a um, model called Stella Tennant and my mum said, oh, she'll be happy she's getting paid for it. And, they don't get paid for it. It's part of their contract, it's a, it's a promotion thing. And yeah, the budgets are absolutely minute. And it's something I've realised that from starting BAM, we do a lot more commercial work for commercial clients doing commercial shoots. And the difference between commercial rates and editorial rates are extraordinary. I had a really nice time at Esquire. I was, I was flying over the world doing cover shoots, meeting really famous people, and it's quite, quite a fun thing to look back on. And now me and Leon have started this company called BAM, which looking back in those three years a bit, is, I find it quite peculiar. If I was to give anybody advice, it would be like, I don't know, look outside graphic design, look outside 
I think there's inspiration everywhere other than graphic design. I think some of the best graphic design I've seen has come from somewhere else. And that's why, you know, sometimes I look at, recently at, at ECAL, we were judging the diploma. And I think what was interesting there, there was a lot of reference to graphic design. And I realized how little actually about <laughs> graphic design by that. But the most successful stuff was people who are trying things in, in virtual reality and trying to just move into different mediums. And that was really, really exciting because it was kind of unknown. Some of it was a little bit rubbish, but it was unknown and it was exciting for me. And it wasn't referencing the past. They were, they, they were challenging themselves and challenging me to think about another medium, which I think is really interesting. You can lie quite easily these days and say, I did that. Whereas uh, people that come in, you know, oh, I outworked that. Yeah, I didn't commission that picture, but I set that bit of typography. And, you know, you, you, you can tell straight away, really, who is down the line. And, and when people come in and show you their work, you, you kind of know instinctively. Because I've been there, you know, I know what I've artworked, I know what I designed. And I think it's, I think it's really refreshing that people are, are honest. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include GF Smith, Squarespace and the Paul Smith Foundation. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis. The guest was David McKendrick and he was interviewed by Will Hudson. The producer was Ivor Manley.